Hello and welcome to another episode of Stock Market Today by Investors Business Daily. It is December 19th. It's a Tuesday and we've got Ed Carson here joining me, Justin Nielsen, to kind of wrap up the day's information on the stock market. So, uh, Ed, uh, we had a nice, uh, nice close here, uh, a little pop at the end of the day, getting the NASDAQ composite above 15,000. Um, what stocks do you have on, on the agenda? Yeah, there's a lot of stocks that are extended that are still working, but I want to take a look at a few stocks that aren't extended, Weatherford, Saya, and Supermicrocomputer. A, a little a little broadening out, uh, an oil stock, a transport stock, and uh, you know, back into the AI and the tech. So uh, very interesting. Well, first, let's go ahead and take a look at the markets. Um, the S&P 500 closed with a six-tenths of a percent gain. Uh, the NASDAQ composite a little bit higher, almost a seven-tenths percent gain. NASDAQ uh, 100 was right there at a half a percent gain, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average up about seven tenths, uh, right up there with the Nasdaq Composite. And of course, it was the Russell 2000 that led the day, nearly a two percent gain, 1.94 percent uh, for the Russell 2000, which is the small cap index. So, um, you know, looking starting with the Nasdaq Composite, uh, we've got you know the 15,000. A level which uh, it's it's been a while since we've been that been up here, and it was not too long ago where fourteen thousand was kind of our our obstacle. So, anything to make of this big round number? Uh, I don't know. I mean, but it's 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 amazing how quickly it seems like every time they're oh boy, there's another resistance level. It's just like it's just paper mache. It just doesn't last, or it just at most it's cardboard. Like we have this little pause here at the fifty-two week highs, and it, you know it just went right through. Uh, I think the only concern, I mean, because everything looks really good, is that a lot of leaders are extended. Now, the 50-day line is 8.5. The, the Nasdaq is now 8.5% above the of the 50-day line. And it's still early-ish in a rally, but it's not early, early. I mean, it's it's been several weeks in there. So I think you start we start caring about how far the Nasdaq is above the 50-day line, I think, by this point. And uh, that, that's suggesting a little stretch just just to keep that in mind. So don't chase extended stocks, maybe just be a little cautious with new buys, but everything's looking pretty good, uh, you know, going forward. Yeah. And it's almost like we have to kind of keep two things in our, in our mind at the same time, because uh, while, as you said, this still seems early for a bull market, uh, this was kind of a big move off the bottom, which you know, usually a market's going to digest those gains quite a bit. Uh, you, you, you can't go up that quickly without having a little bit of a pause. And we got that, you know, as soon as we got above 14,000, a uh, little pause around Thanksgiving, but it just uh, really started powering higher once again. So if you didn't take advantage of that little small window of opportunity to pick up some stocks, it was kind of like uh, the extended uh, factor came, came right back in there. So uh, taking a look at the S&P 500, uh, again, I mean, really strong action here. And uh, anything to note uh, that's different here about the S&P 500? Uh, looks pretty similar. I mean, I would say it's also, you know, while it's 7% above the 50-day line, and usually it's a little lower standard that you do when you say it's extended. Uh, the other thing, this is getting very close to the uh, all-time highs. The NASDAQ still has some work to do, but honestly, we're less than two percentage points, uh, like 1.5%, 1.6, and we're at uh, all-time highs for the S&P. The Dow's already there, but, you know, showing a lot of strength in this market. Uh, you know, the Dow has just sort of plowed right through. You wouldn't have thought a few weeks ago that the Dow was going to lead the uh, indexes to new high ground, but here we are, and that one's continued to do well uh, as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, you know, we're, we're really kind of looking at the 
for the NASDAQ composite and for the S&P 500, we're really kind of looking at the January 2022 uh, you know, time period. That's that's kind of where we're in right now. We're starting to take out the highs from that time period. Nasdaq has a little bit more to go uh, until it gets to its November, uh, uh, the D November highs from 2021, uh, which is kind of where where it made its highs. Um, you know, the the S and P 500 was a little bit different there. But let's talk a little bit about since we're talking about the S and P 500. Can we just mention RSP real quick? Because the equal weighted S and P 500. Um, I mean that had uh, that that beat both the Nasdaq Composite and the S&P 500, the market cap weighted versions. Uh, it was up eight tenths of a percent today. Anything that we should be gathering from this? I mean, it was certainly a day where advancers uh, over decliners uh, strongly favored the advancers. Uh, I'm just going to throw out some numbers here. NYSE it looks like about 2,400 uh, advancers to around 600 decliners. Uh, a little bit narrower on the uh, NASDAQ, about 3,200 advancers to 1,100 decliners. But what is the RSP equal weighted S&P 500 telling us? Well, it's telling us it's just more than the Magnificent Seven or just that first 50 tech stocks that it's going. There's a lot of strength. I mean, by, by almost any measure of breadth, and again, that breadth looked terrible in late October. Uh, you know, this was basically, this was at two, 2023 lows uh, just a couple couple months ago. Now it's at uh, 52 week highs and you look at a lot of other gauges and they're going to tell you the same thing. It's that's impressive. It's, you know, definitely want to be looking out there for other gains. It, it's just a sign of strength that we really haven't seen for the past couple of years, if not further, because even the 2021 rally felt fairly narrow in many cases. This is really, um, a, you know, a very healthy sign for the market rally. Mm -hmm. And speaking of uh, healthy for the overall economy, with small caps participating in a bigger way, if we go to the Russell 2000, uh, this was notable in that it was hitting this uh, 2000 level that it got turned away from uh, not too long ago. And today it felt like it, it took that 2000 with some gusto. Yeah, it really did. And, you know, this is a lot of power in the small caps in in recent weeks and just uh, really impressive. Getting above 2,000 decisively. Uh, it's almost above these levels here. It's getting all the way back. So it's at a 52-week high. Uh, it still has more work to do than a lot of the other indexes. But boy, small caps really coming on in a way that just haven't seen in, in just such a long time. It hasn't really, even just for a short period, it's been a long time for the, when the Russell has outperformed uh, by this kind of measure. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, when we talk about the Russell 2000, uh, small caps do tend to be a little bit more interest rate sensitive. Uh, they do have higher levels of debt, uh, and they're also sensitive to the economy. So it might be worth taking a look at uh, zero TNX, which is the 10-year treasury yield. This is going to, of course, move opposite as bonds. Um, so, I mean, we, we really had kind of a, a big shift here, you know, from it seemed like once we hit the 5% level for the 10-year yield, uh, that was that was where it really kind of gave up. And now we're below 4%, amazingly, um, and in just a very short period of time. Uh, is is this too much? <laughs> is this is this kind of freaking people out that it's come down so much? I think there was a concern in this area, and there's other factors, you know, when the when the when the yield was coming down and the market was pausing, it's like, well, are they starting to get worried about recession? But the economic data has been pretty decent. I mean, it's not super strong, but it's also not super weak. Now that could change, 
But uh, but with the treasury yields coming down, you would expect some of that to actually be supportive that the market rates are coming down. The Fed may not be cutting rates, but the market is. I mean, the market has cut rates quite a bit. And uh, the, and also the short-term rates have come down even more. It's still inverted, but not nearly like it was. So yeah, small caps are more indebted. So there's a lot of financials in the small cap index. And so seeing less inversion, seeing those long-dated bonds that were crushing the the, the uh some of those some of those regional banks back in March and April, those losses won't look quite as bad as they were getting um, back in October. Uh, so positive signs all around for for small caps with that ten year yield coming down. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of the economy, uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of people will use as kind of a gauge is what's happening with with oil. Um, it's worth taking a look maybe at XLE real quick. Uh, because uh, the, this is the energy ETF, and of course it's dominated by ExxonMobil and Chevron, uh, right below the 50-day moving average line. But that kind of ties into your first stock, Weatherford, which is in the oil and gas industry. This is uh, ticker symbol WFRD, and it's in the machinery equipment. So there's a lot been that's uh, made kind of of the, the happenings in the Red Sea right now, especially as it relates to the transportation of oil and gas. Uh, how does the machinery equipment kind of play into this? Or does it? Well, I don't know if it plays it directly. It's just that if you think that prices are going to go up, like uh, that just makes, say, shale operators or producers around the world thinking, well, maybe incrementally at mm -hmm. the margin, I'm more willing to do more you know, more activity and I'll need more machinery and I'm willing to pay at the margin slightly higher rates because the price of oil is rebounding. So this was nice. What uh, Weatherford showed some nice technical action here. Now, obviously the relative strength line came down. I mean, it came down because this was coming down when the market was, was soaring overall, but it didn't come down nearly as much as other oil stocks, uh, even including in this group. And it made this really nice undercut. It got just below this low here. So shaking people out a little bit, and now it's come back up. Uh, the volume came in late. Uh, it was below average for most of the day. So that was one negative, but uh, it's above the 50-day line. I think you could use this as a early entry into what's probably an emerging base here um, on a weekly basis, probably going to get a base pretty soon. Um, yeah, it already does have a base. It may not have shown up before because it was too low in the base, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, so now it, it's having that action. I think you could probably have drawn a trend line as well. So I think there was a lot of positive. If you're looking for something in the oil area, this is one of the better performers. So you can see that it broke a trend line as well here. So a lot to like about this name, uh, yeah. especially, in the, especially within the energy space. Yeah. And as we, you know, compared this versus XLE, the fact that this is back above its 50-day moving average line, again, in a strong way, as opposed to XLE, which is still below it. Uh, that's that's a little bit of extra relative strength versus uh, that sector spider fund. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, the, the relative strength on this is a little bit lower, but I think that's kind of excusable if it's been out of favor and maybe comes back into favor. So the, the question is, I mean, oil and gas can be a little volatile. So do you play this as kind of a position trade or is this more of a short-term trade? Well, you know, I think, you know, energy stocks are tough because they yeah. place so much of energy and especially going to be outliers like this Red Sea, at least with copper. I mean, yeah, you can have a copper strike or something, but, you know, it's there's it's like this commodity. And then all of a sudden you can have these, you know, um, outside events that you're not expecting that have things go up sharply or down. 
Uh, I, I think you can try to start this where you might want to think about this as a swing trade or take partial profits pretty quickly. If it really works, you can keep on going. Obviously, this has gone on some big runs. Look at that move, yeah. you know, from here to here. That wasn't something you necessarily wanted to get out of uh, right away. I don't know if crude oil could make that kind of run, like go up, you know, the same percentage that it was doing here. Uh, but this, these have, these can go on some pretty good moves. This has been a real leader in that space. So maybe you think about taking partial profits if it works and then carry the rest uh, it, as long as it's acting well. Yeah. And to your point of Weatherford being able to make moves, it might be worth uh, just switching to the weekly real quick, because if you look to see where this came from in, in the 2022 bottom, I mean, this was uh, you know, this has been a phenomenal move, like from yeah. lows uh, around 17 to, you know, a uh, $100 stock almost at this point. So uh, certainly a stock that's been able to make moves. And of course, it's something that you do have to handle a little bit differently from your regular growth stocks. Of course, you're going to see a lot of, um, you know, negative years in terms of earnings and uh, growth, but it certainly seems like that's turned around and you can see that the estimates for this year are up there at 501% uh, in terms of the growth uh, from a from a pretty measly EPS last year. So um, yeah, big... you can imagine this amazing stock growth and look, the PE ratio is 19 because that's the kind of earnings <laughs> it's delivered. Yeah, it's not going to have that next year because the comparison. Wow, I mean that's uh, that's sort of amazing that it goes on that situation now. Yeah. So uh, switching over to transport, uh, we. we mentioned a little bit the stuff that was going on in the Red Sea and transporting oil and gas for, you know, that kind of thing. But in the truck space, uh, we've got SAIA, uh, and that is the ticker symbol as well. Uh, so this is the less than truckload, um, and it looks like it's kind of forming a nice little base here. Uh, what's what's your take on it? Yeah, and it does have some volatile action here. There was some like some negative trucking volumes that came out like around this time. So a lot of trucking stocks sold off. Uh, so it can be volatile. Uh, but this is based off pretty well here. There's been concerns with, you know, driver labor shortages, labor costs, and uh, weaker weaker rates. And I think that there's hopes that that is going to start turning around. It was trying to peak above sort of this 428 area, which you could sort of see as an ugly handle or just a resistance point. Or you could look at this trend line. It all sort of matches up uh, as something you can do there. This is a good way to measure, you know, this is a this is another thing of sign of the health of the economy. If the transports are doing well, if stocks like this are doing well, uh, there's there's potential for uh, you know it's a positive sign about the economy. So I have to look on that. Earnings haven't been great, it's supposed to be better next year. So again, there's people are looking at this as somewhat of a turnaround, even though the stock, you know, isn't basing, you know, isn't isn't bottoming out. It's it's at it's at these longer term highs. Uh, but Um, yeah, so it looks like uh, if you switch over to the Dow Jones Transports, uh, zero DJT, uh, if we looked uh, real quick at that, um, you can see that, uh, you know, the transports overall, as you mentioned, have been doing well, uh, a nice move off the bottom from October, and that 16,000 level seems to be an important one. If you look at the weekly chart here, uh, just a little bit above 16,000 seems like an area that's uh, kind of been... Um, an area of resistance, uh, 16,700 is where it got hit a few times. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, plays out. Of course, you know, a lot of people have been looking at FedEx and UPS and others uh, in, in terms of the strength of the economy. Um, but let's go ahead and end. Well, actually, uh, well, I, I actually oh. want to bring up FedEx, if you don't mind, because FedEx just reported, they, they warned on 2024. So this stock, which had been in a buy zone, uh, and though I think actually, well, not really by zone, I think this was the buy point 262. 
But this one's coming right back down uh, right now. We'll see how that plays out. It's early in the after hour session, but it's something to note for FedEx and also the transports. Yeah, I am glad you brought that up because I know a lot of eyes were on that uh, for kind of how how things were playing out in in that space. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and end with a, a little bit more of that tech-based uh, AI and everything that goes along with it. Super microcomputer, one of the top stocks, uh, just a phenomenal run that this had, and it really hasn't been participating in this latest move. Uh, a lot of volatile action, a lot of back and forth that's been kind of teasing its way up and down uh, around its 50-day uh, moving average line. Is is it time now for this to take a leadership position again? Has it Has the break been long enough? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's trying to come back up and it has rallied somewhat from the like from the rally. It just hasn't made a huge move. You know, it's like it keeps on hitting resistance at places, you know, like people, oh, it's coming back. I mean, the consolidation doesn't look that great. It really started off in a terrible way uh, in this way. So it's had some big swings up and down. It did just have a five big five day run. Uh, I think this is sort of, you know, this is positive in this right. There was sort of probably entries here and here. I'd also say that the weekly chart looks better than the daily. It becomes more obvious that there seems to be some clear resistance area that it's sort of right in the middle of that resistance area. Maybe it pauses here, forges a handle, makes the right side of the base look pretty. I mean, I think it was like Michael Jordan. It doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish. And uh, the end of the base is a lot more important than the beginning. I mean, you'd like a perfect base throughout, you know, kind of situation. But, you know, it's easier to just say, okay, that, that's, it started off poorly, looking better here. Uh, so I thought it was pretty positive action here today, an inside day to yesterday's big move, uh, which capped a five-day run. It, it came off of lows, so maybe it pauses here for a little while, forges a handle, and then, you know, moves out. We'll see, though. It hasn't, you know, you know, th that's a nice story. That's a nice scenario, but it doesn't mean that's going to happen. Right. Uh, and, and that kind of goes back to our original uh, thesis that having uh, multiple scenarios in your mind at the same time is is worth an exercise worth doing. You have to kind of think, OK, this is one of the scenarios that could play out. And if this happens, how am I going to handle it? And look, there's another scenario here where it just, you know, kind of comes up and gets gets hit again. I mean, it's certainly mm -hmm. that gap up uh, that gap down that it had from its last um, uh, earnings report two earnings reports ago uh, was pretty significant. And, uh, you know, there's some ground to make up from that. Um, so yeah, the, the jury's out on it, but it's certainly, if you start a position, uh, maybe smaller, you add to it as it, you get that feedback that it's working out, uh, certainly a way to go. Um, any last thoughts uh, on the market? Because you, you did kind of mention that quote about it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And it certainly seems like we're getting a good finish to the year. Yeah. And I think that's also just remember, just you don't always have to, you know, you don't have to be fighting. It's it's hard to remember in the moment, but you don't have to be trying to make tons of money, you know, at every point in the market, because there's been some times when it's like, well, you want to at least scale back or at least not be more aggressive. And sometimes you want to be almost entirely out this year. And this has been a really strong year. 2020, we don't even want to think about anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, but this is business strong. Is this is an opportunity to be make money. Hopefully you're in there. And uh, hopefully this can cap off cap off the year. Hey, and then next year will be uh, another chance to to start fresh. I mean, Scott St. Clair just cashes out at the end of the year just to make everything simple. I'm not necessarily advocating that, but uh, you know, just keep on trying to uh, work on that and uh, and you know keep on you know thinking about uh, you know picking your spots 
And this is a strong way to finish the year. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully you can join us uh, tomorrow morning on IBD Live. You can find us at www.investors.com slash IBD Live. Uh, that's a show that we do every morning. Ed, of course, is a host as well as a panelist, as am I. Uh, you can watch us. We start 10 minutes before the market open. That's 620 uh, Pacific time, 920 Eastern time. And we go for a full hour and a half plus, uh, depending on... <laughs> how much we have to talk about and how uh, how quickly we can get through stuff. Uh, but if you miss if you miss us there, uh, definitely make sure you check us out tomorrow uh, on Stock Market Today, as well as the podcast. Uh, I'm going to have Randy Watts from O'Neill Global Advisors on. He's going to be talking about Fed action. So that's going to be dropping on Thursday. So lots of educational opportunities for you. Uh, hopefully we can help guide you in making more money in the stock market. That's it for us today. Thanks a lot for watching. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.